Luxembourg's Green Room, the Eurovision podcast. Welcome to the Green Room. This is Chrissy, and today I have another special guest for you. Um, hello, Eric. How are you doing? Hi, Chris. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good. A bit tired, but we're doing well. So um, we're on our last track. Like this is like this. It's coming to an end. So um, when you hear this, tomorrow is the big day. Tomorrow is the actual show. I am like mind blown how fast this is. Like the time has gone by. And you believe we started back in July, and it's already January. But our trip will start once we have the song. You know, That's it'll be true. over for many people, but for us, work will really start on Sunday. God, yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to like grasp the fact that we actually gonna have our song and artist or like group or multi, like two people that will actually go <laughs> to Malmo. And I the know. very first representative for Luxembourg in 30 years. Can you imagine? Like I, 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 I have not been like I haven't me. I haven't been born since. Like I, I was born after Luxembourg has been in Eurovision. So I have not actually like experienced it, not even as a baby. Oh, so you never witnessed the Luxembourgish participant, no. not even on TV. I am I'm twenty eight, like I'm gonna be twenty nine oh, yeah. this year. So I, I just about missed it. But I don't think even as a baby I would have even like understood it. But I think I think that's why I'm so excited. I'm like, oh my God, this like it's a first. And I think for a lot of like my generation in general is gonna be a first. So that's really exciting. Especially because most of our artists and finalists are roughly my age. So some of them have not neither experienced it. I think that's really, really, really cool. <laughs> wow, it's going to be a great feeling. Yeah. So you're a post-Eurovision baby. I'm a post-Luxembourg <laughs> Eurovision baby. Exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but now this year it's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Eric, just talk a bit about your role that you have. You have been involved in Eurovision for a while now, not just this year in Luxembourg, <laughs> but it's been a while. So just... Just explain a bit to the people outside. So you're 28, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, joy. <laughs> well, it all started back in 98 when I was fortunate enough to attend my very first Eurovision in Birmingham. And uh, this year marks a significant milestone as I have been actively involved in Eurovision for 25 years. So it's a quarter of a century, can you imagine? That's, um, that's amazing, though. Yeah, so, so from uh, being a guest in the audience, I became the chairman of the Eurovision Association in Luxembourg. And over the years, my journey has uh, seen me contribute to Eurovision coverage for various media outlets, uh, including RTL and other international channels. And um, But my involvement extends beyond media coverage and have served as an official delegation member, handling PR for Eurovision artists, have staged and hosted the Eurovision Gala in Luxembourg. You might remember that one we did in Luxembourg for, yeah. for nine years in a row. Uh, along with a group of friends and Eurovision enthusiasts, of course. But these people also travel with me to Eurovision on a yearly basis. And I've had the honour of participating as a jury member in numerous Eurovision national finals across different countries. But presently, I'm proud to be part of the RTL Eurovision team. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So you've, I mean, I, I, I've always, I gotta be honest, I've always dreamed of just being in that room at Eurovision, like actually seeing the show and stuff i've not but seen welcome. it <laughs> i've not seen it so i'm like actually excited for luxembourg song contest and i'm like i'm still like okay at some point i really gotta i actually gotta go to like this year malmo or wherever i really need to but go you're joining us tomorrow 
What? You're joining us tomorrow. Yes, of course. Of course. But I will be dancing along, singing along. Like some of the finalists, they were already like, so um, you're going to be first row and we're going to look at you and you're going to dance and sing along. I'm like, yes, of course. I will. Yeah. I will. I will. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but we're bringing <laughs> a part of Eurovision to Rock Hall. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So. I'm so excited to see the stage. And oh, like, it's massive. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> I'm so excited to see the stage, to shows, the costume, like costumes, that like what they're wearing the outfits, and just yeah. like, yeah. I'm so excited. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm jittery for them. And I'm, I'm nervous for them, but also excited. So you seem to be more nervous than the eight finalists. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But I'm, I'm a big show person, so I, I love the adrenaline. That's like what, what I love about anything about theater, musicals, about shows, about concerts. It's this adrenaline that you get, the little excitement, excitement tingling of everything. But are you a performer yourself? I'm a performer myself. Oh, so we might well welcome you next year on stage. <laughs> um, maybe as a background dancer. I don't sing. <laughs> yeah, so you've... Uh, just explain a little bit. How does it, like, Eurovision... How can you imagine that a show of Eurovision is running? Like when you... I don't know. You've had multiple roles. Like, how can you imagine that the involvement goes from... I don't know. Like, I don't even know how to ask the question. Do you want to know what my role is in this or no, how I imagine the show as a setup? No, no, I mean, not even Luxembourg. I mean, like in general, past Eurovisions that you've attended the shows, mm -hmm. like what, how can you imagine going in there? Like how many people are present? Um, what's the feeling like? Oh, it's overwhelming. I mean, the first Eurovision is always the best because it's the one you remember best. And I was very lucky back then in 98, that was the last Eurovision that had a symphony orchestra on stage. Oh, wow. Yes, because from 99 on, the uh, the artist would use a, a backup, you know, like a, a playback. Backtrack, yeah. Yeah. And um, so that was also the last year where all the countries had to perform in the national language in, in 98. In 99, sorry, the EBU uh, came up with a new rule that was the freedom of language rule. So most of the artists oh, okay. would, of course, pick English because so it's most international. Europe could actually yeah. understand the lyrics. Although I think nobody cares <laughs> when they watch Eurovision. No, um, I, no, no, I don't think people care. No, like there's been so many songs that you've just been like, yeah, where you're just wondering, like, what does it even mean? Yeah. But it's weird because some countries, they, you've got artists at Eurovision, they perform in English, they don't even speak a word of English, so they don't even understand the lyrics of their own entry. And uh, their pronunciation is so bad that you don't even understand what they're saying or what they're singing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's been a lot of songs that I've, I think the mo the one that comes to mind straight away, I think it's called Lasha Dance or something with that. Oh, Lasha Tumbai. Yeah, yeah, with like Zeven Zeven Eyes. Exactly. So, and I'm like, what if, like, I don't, I, I, I don't even know what, <laughs> what they're singing or if it's supposed to be German, like sounding numbers. But, but, but the guy, well, the performer, <laughs> the guy who, he came a respectable second. Yeah. And we invited him to Luxembourg to perform in our very last Eurovision Gala back in 2016. So he came with the entire team. There were 13 dancers and he brought his mom, who's actually an act. It's not, she's not her real her mama. Actually, Verka is considered as a woman on stage, but it's he's a man in real life. He's yeah. a very famous artist uh, in Ukraine, a critic, and he's usually part of the um, jury panel in the Ukrainian selection. Oh, okay. Mm. But it's it's like, I just found the costume, like they were like full on like mirror, I think. And it was, I, I don't know, it was just like when you watched it, you were just like, 
yeah, this is Eurovision. Okay. Wearing yeah. a huge star on the head, but he's, <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. an icon in all Eastern I mean, European countries. I mean, I get it. I mean, it's 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 art. Yeah. I mean, music is art, and yeah. and sometimes a performance can yeah. be art, and it's a performance art and live art, and and I think that's just yeah. yeah. It, mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's it's it. I wouldn't say it's my favorite song, <laughs> but that for that for that specific um, act, I think it was really it was an act. It wasn't just a song. It was the full thing because without the costume, without like the dancers, it wouldn't be the same. Mm -hmm. I think, especially because I remember everyone in. I have a feeling I remember everyone shouting the like the numbers along. Even though it made no sense. Yeah, the audience <laughs> was quite familiar with the entry because there was there was a lot of PR done for yeah. for the act and for for the Ukrainian uh, representative. And you you must imagine when you entered the venue, you've got an audience coming from more than 30, 40 countries. Yeah. They're all wild. They're going electric with flags. 10,000 people in an arena of 15,000. So it's just, and you witness the largest TV production in the world and the live production. God, yeah. And as an audience, you're just overwhelmed by everything you're seeing, the backdrop, the lights, the camera work, and the different acts competing. And then the voting, of course, adds up to the excitement. 12 points. 12 points, yeah, for Luxembourg. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, oh, I'm, so, I'm so excited. I guess um, that comes to your role now. So what are you doing right now? So I hold two roles yeah. with one position as the Eurovision coordinator at RTL. So in this capacity, I actively participate in the selection process, I'm providing support to our finalists, maintaining communication with the EBU, which is the European Broadcasting Union. It's the institution that actually stages Eurovision. Um, they are based in Geneva and attending various Eurovision-related meetings, workshops, events abroad. But simultaneously, I, I serve as the head of the Luxembourgish delegation. So in this role, I am responsible for leading the delegation that will travel to Malmö in May. And uh, this involves overseeing the entire team, which includes artists, backing, singers, dancers, commentators, the head of media, journalists, the stage director, the camera director, and ensuring a, um, a seamless and successful participation in the event. So to say I am the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of, of work, I guess. It's like full double time job basically kind of <laughs> so to sounds, say yeah. sounds like it um so but very exciting at the same time i mean yeah i mean i've just i've just i've just been doing this podcast and i'm like i'm so excited to just be like a part of it all and kind of get a deeper insight from like different areas so i mean i'm 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 a fan <laughs> i've gotten an even bigger fan of but you are actively now. involved i mean because you're yeah. on the ground and you you were part even of the coaching sessions you see yeah. how how the artists evolve exactly. and i mean you 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 see the entire process develop from a to z so you're not only doing your podca podcast, That's which true. is great. I must say congrats <laughs> on that. But you're also following and, and joining the artists and, and you know them well. Some of them, yeah, you're now, well acquainted with them. And now I've gotten to know all of them and I, they're all amazing people and so talented. Absolutely. Like, I have so much respect. If you listen, guys, like, mm -hmm. I love you guys. You're amazing. Um, and you want to be part of this, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, it's always great to be part of something bigger than just yourself. I think that's that's what life is about. If you can be a bit part of something amazing and just being being, I think it as as well. Like I've, I did I did get like the the idea that a lot of people from Luxembourg are just like we're such a small country, and the fact that we're going back to Eurovision, it 
kind of makes you united as a country and we're just like even if you're not really part of it but somehow everyone kind of knows one of the finalists and somehow everyone wants to be like yeah we are going back like it's not Luxembourg is going backward we are going back to Eurovision and I think that's just something so cute in a way that everyone is just so like supportive yeah supportive and also happy for our country to be like we're going back on that big stage Mm -hmm. and we're going to show what we're made of and I think that's pretty awesome. It's the biggest showcase a country can get in terms exactly. of uh, entertainment. I mean, there's two events that are bigger than Eurovision. It's the Football World Cup and uh, the Olympic Games. God, yeah. And just imagine back in the days, Eurovision would have an audience of approximately 600 million people. So, But back then, each country only had one TV channel. So you had no choice. You had to watch Eurovision. Yeah. Um, but yeah, today, there is still 160 million approximately, which is a lot. And just imagine the nerves and the tension and the no pressure. pressure, guys. Yes, and you need to carry the flag of a country. So you you go there as an artist to represent the country. You're not only there to present a song. And um, just imagine. I think to, even this, like specifically this year, it's going to be even bigger because you are going to be the first in so long. Like if, if we would say we have been going for like 20 years now and you would be like, oh, I'm, I'm the next one to be chosen. You... I feel like it would be less pressure. I feel like this year is a lot more pressure because we haven't been in so long. And um, I'm guessing also because it's the first year we don't have to sing in Luxembourg or French. Um, so um, Yeah, the expectations are very high. Yeah. Because people say, this is a country that has marked history in the Eurovision Song Contest with five victories. God, what yeah. are they coming up with this time? Yeah, uh, but I feel like there's, um, like looking at like the Eurovision blogs, it's resonating like great like everyone is so happy that we're back and everyone says how can you choose one because they're all so amazing like i think that's also cool because so many people in luxembourg are realizing actually we have good musicians like i think like it's it's really like lifting up like lifting it all up um you were talking about the process so far so can you just give like a little idea how because there was a lot of entries right (laughs) i can see your eyes are going to the like to the ceiling like oh god yeah i'm happy it's almost over (laughs) no yeah it has been an incredibly busy but highly rewarding process that's what we must point out and you get to meet so many people and uh, connecting with individuals from diverse backgrounds all sharing the same deep passion for music you know has made this experience truly enriching and uh, basically the the selection process kicked off back in July with a launch for of a call for song submissions and initially artists could apply by submitting their application forms so the aim was to how to say not only include established artists but also provide an opportunity for newcomers to be part of this musical journey so the criteria were clearly defined so luxembourgish citizenship was a requirement Alternatively, residency in Luxembourg for at least three consecutive years. So if this condition wasn't met, applicants needed to demonstrate a proven link and a strong connection to the Luxembourgish music industry. So we established three different categories. Category number one was open to established artists who could submit entries either produced independently or in collaboration with their production or record label. And then there was category two, welcoming newcomers aspiring to be associated with Category 3, which included songwriters, lyricists, producers, who were then related to the newcomers in Category 2. But however, they were also free to compose songs for the well-known artists. So then after receiving a total of (laughs) 459 entries, 
the pool was narrowed down to 60, 70 entries. And uh, these people will, and these acts were invited to take part in auditions at Rock Hall. Oh, that's the one. The f- if, if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, that's where I talked to the judges and also exactly. some of the participants from the auditions. And as you remember, I mean, you met them. We invited an international jury. Yes which selected the eight most appropriate songs for the Luxembourg Song Contest for tomorrow night. And it was very important to select an international jury um, so that there wouldn't be any conflict of interest. Um, if you pick Luxembourgish people, it's hardly yeah. possible that, you know, not to pick a Luxembourgish person or it's somebody... It's hard to stay objective. Exactly, and yeah. who has no link with any of the candidates. True. And also you get, uh, you know, an overview of, as to how our songs are perceived abroad. Because we will be judged by other countries, not by yes. the Luxembourgish audience. That's very true. Mm-hmm. And um, the judges were com- like, how did you pick the judges for this audition? So we were trying to select people involved in Eurovision. So a yeah. producer, some artists who have already been to Eurovision, know how to cope with the stress of Eurovision, could recognize during the audition if the candidates were able to deal with that. And uh, one of the producers of the show and uh, another TV producer who um, from from Czechia, um, who changed the format of the national final in Czechia in the past few years and who did really well. So it was important to involve all these people. Yeah, so they've got like loads of knowledge. (laughs) No one else in Luxembourg anyway has in terms of Eurovision. That's amazing. And um, so, yeah, so the finalists have been chosen by these eight. So what do you think of our finalists? Just a little, like, personal... Well, frankly speaking, they are a wonderful group of individuals, as you know, some with more experience than others, and perhaps one or two who may be lacking some confidence, but we're working on this. Uh, We are actively working on boosting their self-insurance, providing coaching from our vocal and mental coaches and you yes. met them as well yeah they're amazing yes they are absolutely and <laughs> yeah. one of them even competed in eurovision yeah yeah fondora yeah. right fondora yeah, yeah she's danish yeah? she's from denmark uh she currently lives in andorra and the other lady is from the uk and she worked with um, with the west end in london oh, and many musicals so um so like, overall, uh, the artists, they have demonstrated their ability to command the stage and ensure great performance. And, and uh, as I said before, you're acquainted with the one or the other, and you will agree with me that each one of them is really endearing and certainly Everyone uh, has very their charming. own talent yes. and, and their own like way of going about their music. And I honestly got to say, it's like their passion t- for music and just like it comes out so much. And I think ah, I just... Yeah, you can tell when you speak to them. They're just in love with music and they just want to do their best. And guys, you got to rock this tomorrow. You can do this. They're just happy to be there. Yes. It's amazing. But I must emphasize that during the auditions, I was generally impressed by the caliber of artists Luxembourg has to offer. The diversity, interesting personalities, captivating performances showcased during the auditions, which is truly outstanding. I mean, I saw a couple and there was even like some involved who like brought dancers right away. And I was like, damn, like they they're going full like everyone wants to do this. Everyone wants to be here. And I think it's, it's so cool that we have so many motivated people out there. So, guys, don't give up. Keep keep pushing for your dreams. <laughs> With Chris, do you have a favorite? Ooh, 
the question not to ask. <laughs> the question not to ask. I've been asked a lot, and I, I still, I'm still, I still have the same opinion. I have obviously everyone has a couple of like songs they listen more to. It's just because of like the type of music I listen to in general. Um, I like a bit more dancey music. I like a bit more rock music. Those are just that's just a personal thing. However, I do feel like I don't want to choose a favorite until I've seen the live shows because I think it can change everything. Um, the way the performances, the way, like like you said, like you can literally put on a mirror suit with a star on your head and it changes everything. And I think um, costume wise, um, how they're going to sing it, how they're going to interact with the audience, with the cameras, because obviously they got to float to the cameras because a lot more people are probably going to watch it through the camera than actually inside the um in 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 the rock hall, so I think it's that's going to make a huge difference on, because I think I I mean I'm trying to think who will best represent Luxembourg and who can maybe even bring us a win or a top five, um, so I'm thinking who is best to represent Luxembourg and who can get us the furthest rather than who is my favorite. I think that's that's what that's how I'm seeing it personally. I wouldn't mind a sixth victory, honestly. <laughs> Ah, oh, that would be oh, that would be awesome. Imagine the headlines back after 30 years. We won and then you got to work next year oh, because <laughs> Yeah, because probably you would have to help organize the whole thing here in Luxembourg. Okay. Oh. oh. <laughs> let us speak of something else. No, but um oh, stress, stress, stress for tomorrow, but we got to no, let's let's think about focus about right now. But I the more you you listen to the songs, the more you obviously you get used to them and it's yeah. very difficult to pick a favorite. Yes, it's so different. It's so different because all of them, all of them sound different, and all of them have different um, like vibes and yeah. But I'm 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 starting to see the the show. I'm starting yeah, and the in between acts and stuff. It's gonna be so cool. Yes, it's going to be a long interval act, but I'm not revealing anything. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a surprise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you get to watch, guys. If you listen to this, you're probably anyway watching. So. <laughs> So about the voting. So we've got we've got a bit more detail now um, how the voting is going to work. So can you just talk a little bit about um, yeah the age old question remains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, similar to Eurovision, obviously the voting system will maintain a balanced split between public vote and and jury votes with fifty percent each. And so we're going to invite international jury members who are going to cast their votes during the show. Um, that, that voting will count for 50%. So we'll sum up all these points and that's exactly the same amount of points the audience will be given and the audience will represent the Luxembourgish jury. You know? Okay. So, and we're going to convert these points into percentage. Like, like suppose we have, I'm just making up a random number. So suppose the jury can give 300 points to the eight acts. So to distribute their points accordingly from, you know, from one to 12 points. Just imagine we receive 100,000 votes. These votes are going to be converted into percentage. So if one of the artists receives 50% of all available votes, yeah. the artist will get 150 points. So 50% okay. from those 300 points. Oh, okay. Okay, so. that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so kind of, okay, yeah. Well, the same way as it happens maths. at Eurovision. Maths. Yes, exactly. God, <laughs> maths. We already had, already had a discussion about maths with the musicians. It's great. Artists and maths, it doesn't work. <laughs> so if you like to uh, vote, you just uh, click on our website and yeah. there's a link. 
that will direct you directly to the voting page. Perfect. So you guys, from tomorrow, be ready. You got to have your phones ready. You've got your laptops ready. <laughs> Thinking about the fact, let's say, whoever wins, oh. how is their life going to change? Like, how can you imagine what's happening? Well, of course, representing a country in the world's largest live music event is an experience that leaves an incredible mark on anyone's career. But I would not claim that it fundamentally changes your life, but it is a valuable experience which opens many doors and um, particularly due to the visibility and promotion undertaken both before and after the contest. Imagine 162 million people God. last year in Liverpool well, watching the, the show in Liverpool, tuning in to watch the show. I mean, the exposure is massive. Just imagine the wealth of experiences gained, the connections made within the music industry, the invaluable lessons learned and the entire preparation just for a brief but yet impactful TV appearance. This is just sensational for the winner. And I think even, I mean, I realised I've, I've, I've talked to some of them now, even as finalists, they're already having, like some of them have gained like, 2k followers on on instagram or something just because they know they're in their final and they they do say like it's insane how many people from all over the world like i think child talked about that he has a like a twitter x feed somewhere in i don't know i can't remember poland or somewhere it's just this is very common when you compete huh? is it coming yeah, yeah, absolutely so you have to get used to this and, and it's great i mean you, the, the massive exposure you're getting thanks to one tv appearance that's insane yes. like there were yeah. like three minutes they got three minutes on exactly that stage. maximum three minutes and then well they're singing for three minutes and then five times you can see them waving to the camera with their little flags on that little couch right <laughs> um when they're sipping their drinks in and the just, green room yes yeah, exactly we'll have a green room. room as well tomorrow Ooh, am i allowed to go in as the Luxembourg's green oh. room <laughs> we'll see <laughs> i gotta i gotta stay nice i gotta smile and, and ask nicely <laughs> with that my lashes probably work, yes. <laughs> So let's say whoever wins, what's the next step? Sunday is happening what? Little sleep. There will be little time for celebration as we are scheduled to start work the day immediately following the, the final. But our primary focus wow. will be on the stage performance for Malmö. Choreography, outfits, light design, mood board. We'll coordinate with the VJ who will provide, you know, the graphics. And that's happening huge. on Sunday. Oh, we start already, I mean, preparing oh, wow. on our journey to Malmö. We, we call this on our road to Malmö. You know, the big, huge LED screen at Eurovision, yeah. uh, the back that does the backdrop. Of course, it has to match the song. And so we need to work and collaborate mm. with a VJ. And Gosh. we'll call, um, how to say, we'll coordinate detailed camera work. Imagine you're in this massive arena, you've got like yeah. 24 cameras and the artists, uh, the winner of uh, They need the to know exactly at what point they've yeah, got exactly. to look into what camera. Yes, yeah, so they need kind to get like used to this, performing locking. on a large stage yeah. and, and play with the cameras and know where to look, which moment, everything is timed. You've got three minutes, but you need to know after 10 seconds, I have to look into that camera. Yeah, like blocking, like in exactly. theatre when you know, okay, so for this sentence, I need to look this way and, oh God. And all this adds another I mean, layer I'm, of preparation, of course. And I mean, I'm guessing tomorrow is kind of like the first rehearsal, actually, because, I mean... That's the first time most of them are probably going to actually perform looking into a camera, right? And in front of a large audience as well. At the same time, yeah. <laughs> and cope with that stress too. But the, the extensive process involves a, um, a significant amount of public relations 
and both national and international promotion, including online interviews, not only in Poland, but <laughs> everywhere else. <laughs> and, and in April, a series of promotional events known as Eurovision pre-concerts will take place Ooh. in cities such as Amsterdam, Madrid, London, Barcelona. There's two in Scandinavia, if I'm not mistaken. There's one in Warsaw that launched last year. And uh, we'll have to pick the ones that we can attend, of course. And following this, the entire delegation will head to Malmö for a fortnight of preparation. Oh, God. Yes. That's so exciting. Ah, oh, it's so fun. Uh, what happens at Malmö? Like the fortnight, where, what, like, how yes. can you imagine? So it's a two-week preparation. The first week is uh, dedicated to rehearsals, press conferences, Uh, doing social media for the EBU, the European Broadcasting Union, yeah. everything you will see online, because uh, um, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm allowed to name one of the social media, but TikTok <laughs> is uh, one of the Eurovision partners. Yes. And um, yeah, so, so there's also a lot of reception, national parties, you know, different countries, they have their own party. There's a Eurovision village in Malmö, so there are performances uh, you're planned as well during the Eurovision week. And the second week is the week of the actual shows, the live yeah. shows. So on Tuesday... And Thursday, you will have both semi-finals leading to the big, uh, the grand final and on, on the Saturday. And on the 13th of January, we're going to know... Exactly. We will know which of the of, some, of the both that's semi-finals right, we're going right. to be participating. Oh, cool. So we need to qualify. We need to be among the top 10 in order to take part in the grand final. God. We pray. We yeah. hope. Oh, that would be so <laughs> awesome. That would be so... I mean, anyway, it's awesome that we go back and just be able to actually do all these things and actually be able to maybe join in with with our winner, with our act to represent Luxembourg and just, um, yeah, see where they're going, see how far they can come and we hope very far. Um, we'll stay positive. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so do you have anything you want to say to the listeners for tomorrow, what they should think about when voting? Yes, when you vote, please just keep in mind votes. If, Of course, everyone has got a favourite, but keep in mind to pick maybe the song that is the most representative in terms of, you know, Eurovision in front of an international audience, which song might have the best appeal in front of a large international audience. I think that's a yeah. good, that's a good shout. It's kind of like what I'm going for. That's exactly what yeah. I'm going for, what I'm going to be voting for. So thank you so much, Eric, thank for joining you, us today. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I loved it. Of course. Well, thank you. And hear you soon, guys. Bye. Luxembourg's Green Room, the Eurovision podcast. <laughs>